Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. I am glad you are here and I'm glad you are listening to today's podcast episode. My mission in each and every one of these episodes is to really focus on the solutions to some of the biggest questions and most controversial topics going on in our current society. I feel like most of these conversations are not truly being discussed in a more logical and respectful manner due to the political toxicity that goes on with both the left and the right, both the Democrats and the Republicans. In this podcast, I don't care about any of that. I am focused on the solutions. I'm focused on bridging gaps. If you want to join me on this journey, if you want to discuss some of the most important topics, if you are tired of the political toxicity and negativity from both sides, please support this channel, share the podcast, and go to my website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. I appreciate the support. I'll continue to make content and hopefully we can start bridging these gaps and focusing on real issues going on in our world. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, Riddell Lewis. Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. How are you doing? How has your day been? It's been a while, of course. Um, we didn't do an episode on Thursday because I didn't. my guest canceled and I'm not going to do a false episode, of course, but... Today is going to be an interesting episode, and at first, I didn't have this planned, right, because I didn't realize the Republican debate panel happened, so I did react to this beforehand, and now I'm doing my podcast episode about it, because it's important for me to relate to Republicans, and maybe some moderates who are leaning one way or the other, some of my opinions regarding the recent candidates or the current candidates of the Republican Party. To preface this, before I start talking about all the candidates, I'm not talking about Tim Scott. He already dropped out the race. Shout out Tim Scott. So I'm going to dive into all of that. And this is going to be a shorter episode because I just reacted to an episode for two and a half hours on the Republican panel. But let's start off with some current events. What you need to know. What is going on in society currently that you need to know or that may be interesting for you to know. And I will say this. I didn't say this earlier in my introduction. If you guys want to support the podcast, make sure you guys go to the website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. Check out all the content. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's very important you do that so we can rise in the rankings and we can start making our impact felt more and more consistently this podcast has a mission right we're doing we're having these important conversations starting next year we're going to start making legitimate jumps legitimate steps to making a change and i need your support to do that i appreciate everybody that is listening to this podcast episode and if you're supporting me on blind knowledge or on pod nation i appreciate you as well of course to start off We have the mobility of a man with advanced Parkinson's disease has been restored using an electrical implant placed on a lower on his lower spine. Hey, this is great stuff right there. We are making waves in terms of technology to really fix remedy, improve the human species and get in past these diseases. We got to recognize 
that even though we've come so far from medicine and from training our bodies, diseases are also evolving. So we have to continuously push to make the best versions of ourselves. I know Elon Musk is doing trial runs for his Neuralink. I won't do that. But I did hear that for people who have Parkinson's and other, you know, neurological diseases where they can't walk. It could be a potential step in the right direction if you really want to change your life. I probably would do it if I was in that situation because I want to be the best version of myself. But it's always your own individual decision because it's a risky process from what I've seen. You're going to have like a big robot put very, very, very thin strands in your brain. Crazy. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly's weight loss drug Terzipatide yesterday or a couple days ago. The latest endorsement of a new class of medication transforming the treatment of obesity and other conditions. The weekly ejectable will be marketed as Zepbound and is expected to cover roughly $1,000 per month. We've already had an episode on the value of drugs and how it's potentially helping humanity. I spoke extensively on the evolution of technology and how that plays into the evolution of man. And these pills arguably can be considered helpful to put humans on the evolved path or at the very least on the status quo. Right. What we do know is that even though we haven't fixed the hunger issues in the world or even in America. Struggling to eat is not nearly as tough of a situation as the past to the point where many people are getting obese because of the amount of food they can get. Right. So the question is, knowing that fast food and the mass production of food is not going to stop due to capitalism and due to the fact that we want people to get fed, wouldn't it be in our best interest to create something to curve our obesity rate? Yes, we know that lifestyle choices can be a big part in curving that as well. Exercise as well. Healthier food habits. But for those individuals who can't or won't commit to these habits, is this the next step of human evolution? It's really tough to say. For me, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Doctors have successfully performed the world's first full eyeball transplant. Aaron James, a 46-year-old veteran from Arkansas, suffered a high-voltage electricity injury in 2021, which severely damaged most of his face, left eye, and left arm. James cannot currently see out of the transplanted eye expert um, put it in his eye. Let me hold on. Eye experts say it remains to be seen whether vision will be restored regarding his left eye. Five months after surgery, blood appears to be flowing off the retina and organ appears healthy. Doctors wait and see if vision will be restored. Another evolution into our medical field, replacing body parts. is just another, another step to that. It's insane. 
And the last one is that the union with the Hollywood actors representing over 160,000 actors came to an end. So shout out them, Hollywood actors back in business, and we can probably see some waves. I think they're continuing continu continuing certain projects like um, the One Piece live action season two. Um, I think something Marvel related as well and some other projects, of course. So those are some current events. I hope you guys enjoy that. And let's talk about the Republican debate panel number three. Do you want a great website like this? This is my podcast website where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs, and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage, and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now. So as I said, I'm not going to be talking about Tim Scott. He fell out the race, so there's no point in bringing him up in this conversation. So we'll only be talking about four candidates, Nikki Haley, Vivek, DeSantis, and Chris Christie. Not surprised that these are the four candidates left. Um, I'm Mike Pence and Burgum falling out the race is not surprising to me at all, right? But with that said, these four candidates are probably the strongest, and eventually Chris Christie will fall out too, and these three candidates would be Haley, Vivek, and DeSantis. But speaking of Christie, let's start off with him. I think he had a good showing in today's, um, in the conversation. Compared to his prior actions, he was playing up to attacking Trump, witty one-liners. He didn't, he stood out. But he didn't feel like a leader. In this situation, he was calm. He was collected. And he felt like a composed leader. And that's something I definitely respected. They talked about a lot of things. He talked about some of the foreign issues that Donald Trump didn't address, that he would address as president. Obviously calling Trump a criminal. And that is kind of his marker right now with all the trials that is going on and how people would be even willing to vote him as president when he's behind bars is beyond me as Christie was talking about when they talked about Hamas he kind of had a very similar rhetoric to most of the candidates that they want to get rid of um Hamas that they want to isolate Iran makes sense you know Israel uh, you know want to support Israel get rid of the terrorist organization that is Hamas and what it's doing to not only the Jewish and the Israelis, but to Americans as well and the hostages they're taking and the brutality that they're admitting. He referred to something very interesting when he, wanted, when he was talking about the turmoil between anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. And I think he had the best answer when he kind of talked about this. Because he related his experience back in the day after 9-11. Because he said he was a um, some type of attorney. I forget exactly what attorney he was. Maybe maybe it was the state attorney of New Jersey. Attorney general of New Jersey. I don't remember. But he said he had a lot of responsibility in terms of dealing with the potential Islamophobia that happened after 9-11. Because after 9-11, even though I was young, but based on what I've heard from secondhand hearsay, of course... 
is that people treated Muslims as terrorists. They were very negative towards them based off the actions of the extremists. And he said that just like how people are acting now, we should develop a proper relation with both sides like he did in the past where he was setting up protections and boundaries for the Islams who were innocent and following the law. And we should do similar things when it comes down to current situations. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. Islamophobia is on the rise. People who support Israel and support Palestine both have negative individuals that want to do harm to them. So we should curb both. Develop proper relationships for the innocent American citizens that live in America and have no tolerance for the violence that may be acted upon them. He also talks about the actions or the, the international affairs. And he some, said something very powerful in reference to the international affairs that is going on. And whether or not we should have more or more deliberate involvement to an extent. And he said that we had a chance to be involved in a European conflict back in the day. And it was only a matter of time because a couple of years later... We ended up in a world war to take out Hitler. To say that the expectation, and this is going to ring true to certain individuals that I'm going to talk about. The expectation is that we can just leave our allies alone or potential allies when it comes to Ukraine. And become isolationist. Is ridiculous. It really is. And he brought up the fact that we had a promise with Ukraine back in the day that if they gave up their nuclear weapons, we'd be here to help them. Powerful stuff. Um, the A lot of the conversations when it came to this debate panel referenced the, the three powers, basically. Russia, China, and Iran. And when they were talking about our naval fleet being stronger, being increased to the number, the key number was 350. I think they said that um, currently China has the largest naval fleet, and I think it's above that. Then Nikki Haley brought that up. Christie was all in favor with growing a more powerful nuclear submarine program. A very interesting perspective as he kind of leads into the nuclear power and how that can change the course of military warfare uh talked about tiktok being bad we knew this uh social security and raising the retirement age and i think that he overall because he talked about states rights when it comes to the abortion issue and national sending in the national guard to the border kind of a lot of these republicans had very similar takes on certain issues so i'm not going to go over all of it individually time and time and time again. But one thing that he said, and Tim Scott actually said this as well, that I that I wholeheartedly agree, is that the people who are pro-life, who believe that babies are alive and care so much about babies, he said, if you're going to be pro-life, be pro-life for the whole life. How much of these Republicans care about these kids in these abusive situations? Care about these kids in these impoverished situations. Care about these kids in these adoption uh, centers. About the mentally ill. Republicans at times, when it comes to pro-life situations, and this is why I respect uh, Christy and Nikki Haley on their rhetoric regarding it, 
they pick and choose where they want to really care about the life that we're talking about. But in reality, it's a political issue. You don't care about it morally. And let's not pretend you do. Let's talk about someone who I actually thought did absolutely the worst. And I think he... Will he be the title of the video? Vivek is a liar because all he did, all he did was lie in my face. All panel. All panel. Uh, I'll give him credit when he talked about Republican accountability and his first remark. I think there needs to be accountability for the Republican Party. Same with the Democrat Party. So I think we're all ears in that reference, of course. But then... He lost me after that because they asked the question about Donald Trump, right? They asked the question about Donald Trump and Donald Trump's running and how you would basically vocalize yourself as a better individual candidate than Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, DeSantis, Christie all talked about how they would be better candidates. Vivek didn't. He didn't talk negatively about Donald Trump at all. Matter of fact, he called the election rigged. He criticized the media company that is sponsoring this event. And was just talking about, basically, based off the context, about how the election is rigged and everything against Trump and all that stuff. You basically you're saying I wouldn't be a better candidate than Trump. That's basically what he said to me. That's basically what he said to me. That's pathetic. You're running for president. You're so scared. No, maybe you just love Donald Trump so much. You refuse to say a single negative word about him. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. You can respect someone. But you don't believe in your own abilities. You're just a Trump copycat. He moves on to talk about some other issues. When he was talking about Israel and Palestine, he basically said Israel can defend themselves. When he was talking about them. Saying that we shouldn't be helping them. He constantly reinforced a concept that makes no sense. Saying that we should not help any other countries. Ukraine, Israel. And we should... But all their military at the border. Both borders. And although I don't disagree with the concept of strengthening our borders, it's ridiculous to say that we can't help other countries while also securing our own borders. One, we're not sending personnel to Israel. And we're not sending personnel to Ukraine. So if you want to send your military to the borders, you can still do so. But we'll talk about the funds in a little bit in a second because he brought up the funds constantly. Even though the funds only account for a small percentage of our defense budget. But the irresponsibility to recognize that we need other countries to retain the influence and power we have over the world. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And telling Israel to defend themselves 
in a conflict, our ally, by the way, telling our ally to defend themselves. He, he doesn't know how international affairs work. Now, I will say this. Vivek, in this panel, in this discussion, this debate, he tried to be much more hands-on. He tried to be a little bit more aggressive than he was in the second one. And he went after Nikki Haley. Because Nikki Haley destroyed him in the second one. He tried. But he failed every time. And we'll talk about each and everything. He called Nikki Haley a Dick Cheney with heels. Hilarious. Okay. He said something about her going bankrupt and then, you know, getting rich again. You love Donald Trump. He goes bankrupt and gets rich again all the time. When they spoke about Israel and they spoke about anti-Semitism in the country, everybody got gave a thoughtful answer on how to deal with it, especially on the campuses. Vivek said anti-Semitism is a symptom of an issue with America. We need better leadership. He didn't talk about any way any way at all on how to deal with it he basically said we need better college uh, leadership at college campuses but we can't censor the people who support Hamas he basically said we just need to call them fools and they'll, they'll, they'll fix it Vivek doesn't does Vivek know how this works you can't grandstand morally load your your, your position Call the other side fools and not and and obviously not limit them to an extent and expect anything to change. What are you talking about, Vivek? It's ridiculous how this gotten this man who keeps on talking about we need a new generation of leader doesn't understand very simple concepts. You're older than me, Vivek. This shouldn't be as hard as you're making it. Be a little, at least, be more specific in the claims that you're trying to make. What values are you trying to implement in these institutions that will dissuade these Hamas supporters on campuses from agreeing with you? You tell me. He went off talking about Ukraine, of course, saying that they're not democratic. Uh, he does lie here, of course. Saying that Ukraine said, well, he said that Ukraine is not holding elections until America sends the money. His words. You can look it up. I don't have to lie to you. This is a lie. Vivica lied here. In reality, what actually happened is that Zelensky said, we're not going to have elections until the war is over. He didn't say, we're not going to have elections until America sends the money. So even if America sent them more funding, at the end of the day, he doesn't want to have elections until war is over. He also said the moment this conflict is over, we'll be ready to have elections again. So Vivek lied. Strike one. He also lied about something else. He said Ukraine, uh, we were sending money or sending taxpayer dollars to Ukraine and Ukraine was banning Christians. This is another lie. What actually happened when I looked it up is that there's this church 
an Orthodox, if you want to call it a Christian church, fine. It's a church. They're banning this church, this specific church, the Ukrainian parliament, because they believe it has ties with Russia. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with Christians. And this church doesn't represent all Christians in the country. Again, Vivek lied. Strike two. Um, I would give you credit for saying that we need economic independence from, from China. Uh, that's fine. But then when they started talking about TikTok and everything, Vivek chose to attack Nikki Haley. Because we remember in the last episode when they talked about TikTok, the thing about that episode or the thing about that situation is that Nikki Haley was criticizing Vivek for working with with China, the, the, the country that keeps on saying is the number one threat to America, working with China and different business dealings. I don't remember the exact details. And then he criticized Vivek for using TikTok to uplift his campaign. The same TikTok that he thinks are stealing American information. The same TikTok that he thinks is influencing the the people of America. He's using the same exact platform. And the funny thing about this is that the way that Vivek trying to get back at Nikki Haley, the way that he tried to make her eat it, basically, was trying to get dirt on Nikki Haley. Maybe she's using TikTok too. He couldn't find anything. So what did he do? He brought up Nikki Haley's daughter for using TikTok. And you may be wondering, oh, why is Nikki Haley allowing her daughter to use TikTok? Nikki Haley's daughter is 24 years old. There's nothing Nikki Haley can say about a 24-year-old using TikTok on her phone. But Vivek used that as a reason, as a way to discredit Nikki Haley. Terrible point. It doesn't stop there. Trust me, it doesn't stop there. He did say something good about, you know, he has some good ideas with budgeting, zero-based budgeting, whether that's good for the country or not. I don't, that's up to you to decide. Uh, more nuclear, to focus on more nuclear, uh, utilizing more nuclear energy is something I agree with. Um, he talked about some other plans and increasing or uh, bettering the economy. He wants to 70, fire 75% of the employees in the federal government. So stupid. That doesn't make any sense. How do you expect the federal government to be as efficient as it needs to be firing 75% of the staff? This is not a company. This is a government. It's it's foolish, honestly. He said he wants to get rid of redundant bureaucracies. I'll be curious on what exactly, what exact bureaucracies that he thinks are redundant. And then uh, when they talked about the, the, the whatchamacallit, the... The walls, the border, you talk about, you know, handling both sides of the borders and military, more funding to the borders, all that good stuff, of course. Then he lies again. That's strike three. What does he lie about? We talked about abortion and talked about abortion rights. Obviously, Vivek, being a Republican, is pro-life. But he starts off his spiel, his speech, his dialogue, saying that, my home state of Ohio has recently passed a abortion rights amendment 
that allows for abortions up until birth. So that's nine months. Now, usually when people say this, they're lying because everybody who says this is when they there's very little Democrats that agree with this. But I took the extra effort to look it up because I live in Ohio and I want to know what exactly this abortion bill is saying. So I look it up and what it says is that the abortions up until fetal viability. You know what a fetal viability is generally is 23 weeks. Generally, it's basically when the fetus can live without the womb. 23 weeks. Whether you agree with that number or not, just recognize one thing. Vivek lied again. Three strikes, you're out. Vivek is a liar. He's not fit to be president. As simple as I can put it. Now I can go to Santez or I can go Nikki Haley here. I mean, I'm going to go Nikki Haley last because I think Nikki Haley is the best candidate. No surprise here. I've been saying this for the last couple episodes when I talked about the Republican debate panel. So let's talk about DeSantis. I think he performed very well, DeSantis. Um, thinking he did a really good job. Talked about how Trump was not fit for the job. Makes sense. Talked about, uh, you know, Israel needs to finish the job and how, you know, they got to get rid of Hamas. One really key thing that he brought up is the fact that Joe Biden wasn't doing enough for the American people that are stuck in Israel. He said he used his own resources to send planes to Israel to bring back 700 Floridians. That's really impressive. Shout out to Santos for that, of course. Um, he also kind of referred back to, you know, not putting troops in harm's way in terms of, I think they're talking about certain Iranian attacks we need to you know make sure that our troops have the proper resources of course uh oh he said something pretty interesting here regarding hamas so obviously you know when they talked about hamas and they talked about americans that support hamas he said that if there's any foreign national individuals that align with hamas values that he would take away their visa very strong statement. He had also said that he would deport all foreign illegal immigrants from the Middle East. He also said that any all any institution that has an organization that has someone that's supporting Hamas, all their state funding gets taken away. And he also brought up the fact that he doesn't really care about Islamophobia. We only should be caring about anti-Semitism. DeSantis is, is a. I'm starting to think DeSantis doesn't like brown people. I'll be honest. Now, to be fair to DeSantis, any organization that supports Hamas is supporting an organization that wants death to uh, Jewish people, a genocide. They also don't like America either. So if you're an organization that supports a terrorist group, you don't get no mercy. You need to be disbanded and you probably need. You do not deserve. You do not. You're basically, I would say, your your First Amendment right of protest gets revoked, supporting a terrorist group that supports killing millions of people. I would say that doesn't that deserves censorship. I would say. So Vivek's whole claim about we shouldn't censor this is, I think, pretty ridiculous in my opinion. With that said, um, doesn't want to send troops to Ukraine. 
Uh, he thinks that we should grow our naval ships to about 600. Uh, doesn't like Bidenomics. Thinks Venezuela is corrupt. He want to make sure that we have proper sanctions on him. Wants to reduce inflation. I already talked about deporting illegals and uh, cut Congress spending. So, like, he talked about all the normal Republican points, so there's really not much for me to say here. I think DeSantis overall did a good job. There's a couple things I think he goes a little too far on. But that's more of a principle, ideological disagreement versus an objective, bad political point being made, right? And last but not least, I'm going to talk about Nikki Haley, who I think has been the best candidate I've seen by far. Um, she said that Trump was needed when he was elected, but he's not a good candidate now. It's a very interesting remark, of course. Uh, he helped put us in debt with all the government spending. She also doesn't like Hamas, of course. She wants Hamas to be finished. Um, she is an ambassador, by the way, that she tries to broker peace, of course. And she thinks the UN, United Nations support Israel, helps save the hostages, and she keeps on reiterating a point about how Iran, Russia, and China are our biggest threats in the world, right? So, and they're all kind of supporting each other to an extent. We got to kind of treat them as the threats they are to the point she says something about potentially attacking Iran infrastructure if revoked and respond in strength. Little, little military-esque, you know what I'm saying? A little warmongery. But it's hard for me to say that's wrong. I don't really have a strong stance. We don't want to revoke. We don't want to provoke our uh, enemies. But at the same time, we can't let them just act however they want towards us. So it's touchy. She's touchy. Um, when they talked about the the you know dangerous students who are threatening um, Jewish people on campus, they want to hold college presidents accountable. They should take a more conservative effort to, you know, punish these individuals or something. Take away their scholarships, maybe. Saying that Hamas hates America, so why are these foolish liberal lefties supporting Hamas? Doesn't make sense. Um, she talks extensively about how we shouldn't be sending money, but better equipment to our allies. Allies are important to becoming a strong nation. I agree to this, of course. We should help Taiwan and our own military grow and advance. We should have a more modernized technology in our military with like cybersecurity, AI technology, and spatial warfare potentially. Obviously, we need a better, bigger mil uh, navy as well to kind of compete with China. She refer she kind of did some cooking on DeSantis because I think DeSantis and Vivek tried to cook Nikki Haley for once, and they brought up the fact that ten years ago. When she was the senator of South Carolina, she allowed a Chinese business to um, basically be in South Carolina. And the business was a fiberglass company. Uh, Nikki Haley's response is, that was 10 years ago and it was a fiberglass company. Okay. And then she kind of attacked uh, DeSantis saying that, but you, you are worse because you've had individual businesses that worked with China that potentially made planes for China and you didn't stop working. You, the last time you worked with them was six months ago. And the DeSantis said he, you know, tore down the business. She said, you scrubbed the website last week. 
She was like, DeSantis, you're working with China recently. I was work I allowed one business in South Carolina ten years ago. So DeSantis kind of got cooked there, not gonna lie. Um, he also got cooked about banning fracking. He keeps on saying he's for energy, but he bans fracking that a means of getting oil and energy in your state, in the state of Florida. Uh, she also believes that we should cut taxes on the middle class. Um, we should limit, um, cut taxes on the middle class. We should have the retirement benefits adhere to life expectancy and standard of living in terms of social security benefits and some other stuff as well. Uh, she talks about some of her accomplishments in working with China to sanction North Korea, I think in reference to certain nuclear testing, um, because she kind of praised China for, you know, working and ensuring that was the case, of course, because Vivek tried to use the fact that she said China is a friend in this situation to kind of dismay her, even though she used China's cooperation to potentially limit a very potential powerful enemy. But Vivek tried to use the gotcha game, so it didn't really work. Um, she talked about the fact that we should send special ops, special ops to Mexico to take out the cartels for the fentanyl problem, better mental health uh, facilities and addiction centers. And then when they talked about abortion, it's probably the biggest thing that she said to kind of wrap things up here is she said it before, but she kind of reiterate that she is pro-life. If they could get a, an abortion ban, she would sign it. Things she said. And, but at the end of the day, it's not realistic for that to happen. States should have the right to decide the their opinions about abortion for their own for the people of the state. That is the state's rights, and that's okay. And that she wants people to focus more on a consensus on issues that we should all agree on, such as better adoption care system. No late term, late, no late term abortions, better contraception, et cetera, et cetera. So she thinks that there are better ways we can kind of curve the abortion crisis to ensure that, you know, it's better for the country as a whole. So those are everything that went on for the four candidates. I mean, I personally, if I rank them in order for how well they did, I think Nikki Haley performed the best. I think DeSantis performed the second best. Chris Christie, third best. Vivek, absolutely last. And I'm not counting Tim Scott. Those are my general thoughts about it. Of course, I'll be very interested to hear your thoughts about it um, as well. Who are you considering voting for moving forward? Um, do you think... If Donald Trump is the primary candidate for the Republican Party, who do you think should be vice president? And are you OK voting a woman in as the president of the United States with Nikki Haley? All very important questions for you to answer. I do hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode, which was a bit shorter. I've been sitting in this chair for about three hours, so I do hope you enjoy. Do rate it five stars because that will help the podcast grow to unprecedented heights before you know it. And then we'll start making real waves. I do enjoy the conversation. We have a lot of very great content. Tune in this Thursday, 8 a.m. If you're not subscribed already, an excellent episode is going to be dropping on Thursday as long as the guest shows up. Y'all have a good one. Take care and peace. We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, 
Even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep.